this week and forevermore or until otherwise notified because we change things up. We have changed things up indeed. If you've been following us at all and listened to our third shift proper, you will know already that we've made some adjustments. So going forward with IG2G, we're going to go ahead and condense this down, sugarcoat it up a little bit, get it shorter because we always envision this to be about a 30-minute podcast, not an hour-long podcast. So Mm -hmm. from here till we notify you otherwise, it will be a Five release, one topic, maybe two if one's short. There you go. You guys and girls now know what we're up to. If you don't like it, if you're so angry and it just makes you want to choke us to death, go ahead. Give us some feedback. Let us know if you like the new Shindig. Definitely let us know as well or anything in between. We want to hear back from you because, hey, that's what, who we're doing it for, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And hey, we're stripping it down, but all my releases are going to be at least 10 minutes apiece. I'm not cutting anything down. I'm just making it even more ridiculous and more over the that top. Was and awful. The yes. That was not no, the plan. That was not. I'm sorry. Plan. It's no. too late. It's too late to apologize because I'm, I'm on the air and we're doing it right oh now. God. Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Well, welcome everybody to episode 41 of IG2G. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Eric, and in with me, as always, is the Mr. Matt. If you guys are excited for some more devils, some more demons, ghosts, death, God bless, what else? Shopkeeping, dungeons, more more death. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, all all three of my things have to do with death. So death, death, and more death. And death on death. This is yes. definitely an episode you're going to want to tune into, so stick around, everybody, because here <laughs> we go. Number five. First up in my Horrible Death 3-pack, we got the Shape-Shifting Detective. This dropped on the 6th of November for $12.99. This is developed by Wales Interactive, published by Wales Interactive and Diaveki Studios. This is for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. What is this game? The gimmick is in the title, The Shape-Shifting Detective. But some interesting things about it, this is a fully FMV game. So you are the shape-shifting detective. You're having conversations with people all around this little town, this kind of creepy little town, and there's a murder that's happened. you got to solve it. But, of course, one of the big gimmicks, <laughs> again, it's in the title. After you meet people, you can become those people and then go talk to you know other people you can interview, and they'll react as if you are the character that you are. You know what I mean. You're Sam the detective, or you're Steve the barkeep. You're Sally the singer. You're Ralphie the whatever. But you got to also kind of keep your story straight and not ask questions that those people wouldn't know to these people because they can't find out that you're a shapeshifter. Otherwise, everyone's going to start freaking out. So that's a pretty cool gimmick. I mean, this one is purely FMV. There's no point and click, no adventuring, no nothing, no actual moving around. It's just interviews with different people the interviews themselves are in glorious hd there's like over 1600 hd videos you know interacting with all these people another interesting gimmick in this is that the murderer is chosen at random each time you start a new game so you can play through it all kinds of different ways find out different people who killed it and not just know that i'm going to play through it again and i know it's going to be bobby because now it's sally now it's steve now it's this this that or the other like i said in the questioning system you got to protect your identity so you can delete questions out of your your little queue on the side there's all the questions you can ask and if you know that one is going to reveal that you know something you shouldn't just click the delete key and then it's gone forever and now you don't have to worry about you know because sometimes you get to those points where you just i gotta ask every single question oops i clicked on the wrong one 
Now it's gone. Now you don't have to worry about it. And that's pretty much it. Video quality is great. The, the ambiance of the whole game is pretty cool. Some of the performances are a little spotty because these are obviously no-name actors. It's totally FMV-based, so your only interaction is how well they're acting with you, quote fingers, meaning just the camera and the questions that you're asking. Some of the actors are really pretty good from what I've seen. Some are just kind of hit or miss, you know, average loner guys, but a lot of interesting gimmicks in this game, and it's only $12.99. I've heard it's about four to six hours, so if you want a really unique experience, why not check out the shape-shifting detective? Boom. Number four. Well, 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 Diablo 3. You know, there's a character in this game that seems to never die. That's Diablo, okay? He seems to keep coming back. And like... Well, what are you going to call it? Like Steve 3? Like, you're not going to rename the series. No, but like him, this game keeps coming back, Matt. It never wants to die. It came in like a wrecking ball on the PC, almost died, and then Reaper of Souls came out and fixed everything Mm -hmm. and revived the whole game. And then it said, hey, we're moving to consoles. It came to the PlayStation 4, it came to the Xbox, all that. Everyone rejoiced. Well, some didn't. Some thought it was going to be garbage because the controller is inferior to the to the PC, you know, all keyboard and mouse. Except for the yeah. controller in some instances is actually better, I found, because I've played both, mind you, thoroughly, a lot. And I, I enjoy the controller in some instances more than I do the uh, keyboard mouse. Well, guess what? It's out again. Again. Of course. Because you know what? The Nintendo Switch said, I will have all the games. I will have everything. <laughs> I will devour the world. <laughs> I think I think Blizzard just went, hey, here's another avenue to, to just get more print money. money. Here, have an old game that we did a million years ago. Here, have it. Yeah, and it's working. It's selling like gangbusters, making them a fortune. Of course it is. And, of course, it's selling uh-huh. a freaking gangbusters, making Nintendo a fortune. Yep. So it is out as of November 2nd. You can go pick it up on your Switch right now. In fact, they've also got a limited edition Diablo Switch package set up, which has the cool you know, Diablo characters on there. It looks amazing. I tried to convince nice. Howard to buy it and then give it to me because, uh, you know, he doesn't need things. But he mm-hmm. wouldn't do it. If you don't know, I'll be real brief. Diablo is a top-down action rpg in which you take the character roles of wizard barbarian necromancer paladin etc etc demon hunter monk and you go on this wonderful adventure to try to stop these large demons from taking over and destroying the whole wide world along the way you kill millions upon millions of demons skeleton other undesirables and you collect loot That is the whole point of this game. You get loot, you put it into your sockets, you make yourself stronger and better, and you customize your character based off your preferences of how you like to play. Melee, uh, ranged, magic, or and then, of course, there's the different variances. So, there you go. That's a hot gist of Diablo. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I think you're probably insane, though. Everybody knows Diablo, literally. And I've probably explained it, God knows how many times, on one of our shows in the past couple years. Yeah. Yes. There is literally almost no difference from this one as, as there is in, of course, the original 2012 version. Obviously, it's been six years, so the Switch has the technology and the power to run this. Um, from what I hear, the only difference is that if you put it up on the big screen, you know, trying to get it on the big HDR, TVs, all that good stuff, you can see the yeah. character sprites suffer a little bit. That's 
that's the rumor mill going around. But other than that, the game looks gorgeous, just like it does on PC and console. So why the hell would you not get it? Because now you can play on the Switch, on the go. And not only that, but it has, of course, regular online multiplayer, as everyone's accustomed to. But it also has the, uh, the local LAN, you know, proximity multiplayer. I always forget what I'm trying to look for, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> if your buddy's got a Switch with Diablo, and you got a Switch with Diablo, and you want to get drunk at his house and, and high-five each other while you're playing Diablo, you can do that mm-hmm. with this. So that's what I'm getting at. Instead of lugging around your giant stupid PC or your console system, now you just put your little switch in your back pocket, roll out, and there you go. That's the last time I'm ever going to bring up Diablo 3 because, you know what? I'm done with it. I'm done with it. You're a liar, I'm walking away. I'm walking away. It's a goddamn lie. dropping the mic. (laughs) You'll never hear Diablo 3 again. No, see, when Diablo Immortal oh, fails or bombs oh, out, and they're like, oh, Diablo Immortal content coming out of Diablo 3, be like, hey, man, I feel I talk about Diablo Immortal content in Diablo 3, and I'll tell you to shut your mouth and pick another damn topic. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Huh? That's right. <laughs> Number three. So moving on to something that actually matters. Damn you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Next up on the releases, I've got 1111 Memories Retold. This dropped on the 9th of November for 30 bucks. Developed by Ardman Animations, who are the people behind Wallace and Gromit, I believe, and Shaun the Sheep, those claymation animated sh- shorts and movies. And DigiX Art, published by Bandai Namco Entertainment Europe. This dropped for the PC, PS4, and Xbox One. And 1111 is all about World War One. It's a third-person adventure slash point-and-click adventure game about two characters from opposite sides of the war. And it dropped now because 1111, hey, it's the 100th anniversary of the end of hostilities in World War One. Which is, I, I read that on one of the articles and I went, holy crap, it actually is. That's crazy. This game's all about the, not just the horrors of war, like in a physical, visceral sense, but like the emotional toll that war takes on people. Because one of your characters is Harry, who I believe is, he's a British person living in Canada who joins up as a photographer for the war. He's like, yeah, I'm going to go see some glorious stuff and I'm going to, you know, go have fun and it's going to be an adventure. And on the other side, you got Kurt, who's a German father whose son has gone to the front lines and he's afraid that he's died. Obviously, most likely he has, but you're off to figure out what's happened to him, you know, how it happened, what's going on. And so you kind of follow these two all the way through the story, and at certain points they meet up, they interact. So it's about the emotional toll that war takes on people, but also kind of like the spark of humanity that still exists. You know, everyone's heard the stories about World War I, like, hey, it's an unofficial christmas ceasefire that they did or they were playing football between the two trenches and then the very next day they had to go back to killing each other so kind of emotional stuff like that the other really cool thing about this game is the art style it's done in this like dreamlike like impressionistic painterly art style like nobody has like defined borders around themselves it's all like splashes of watercolor it looks really really unique it's like nothing i've ever seen before But it's also kind of hard to, like I was watching some videos of it, and it's kind of hard to follow it in motion. But it definitely puts you in that, like, remembering memories or like a dreamlike state. Like this is, you know, that's totally what the story is. From what I've heard, the only downfall to this game is the actual gameplay, where you're like walking around, talking to people, maybe solving the point-and-click puzzle here or there, or like checking in drawers for collectibles. 
But those collectibles unlock actual historical things, you know, historical context items, just like in Valiant Hearts from, what was it, four years ago. So same kind of thing, same kind of deal, but if you want to play something that looks like nothing else you have ever played or will ever play, 1111 Memories Retold, or hey, if you just want another look at World War I, which is kind of, I feel like is one of those forgotten ones. You know, everyone knows World War II. As Americans, you know, Vietnam is a, another cultural touchstone. But for Europeans especially, World War I is one of the big ones. It's one of the big things. I, I've seen British people on my Twitter blowing up about it because it's Armistice Day, or it was yesterday. So if you want something that'll get you a little bit of insight on World War I, a cool emotional experience, and again, something that looks like nothing you have ever played or will ever play again, 1111 Memories Retold. It's only 30 bucks. You've spent a lot more on a lot worse than this. Guarantee it. Number two. Well, I'll bring it up a little bit. You know, this one has some demons and monsters in it, but by no means does it involve death, chaos, madness. It's a little bit lighter, all right? And we're talking about Moonlighter. <laughs> I did it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Matt's shaking his head. I, like I loved it. I, I thought like it was it. good. That's, I felt good. That's the worst. Right, well, it was pretty bad, but it made it better that way because it was the worst. This game, of course, you're going to say, wait a minute, this has been out a while. Well, of course it has. But guess what, everybody? As of November 5th, it's now on the Switch. Boom, bang, bibbidi bop. Switch just absorbing the world, Matt, just bringing it in. <laughs> Let's just put all our old games on the Switch. Hey, you heard of this game called Super Mario Brothers? Let's put that on the Switch, too. Now, hey. You ever heard of Donkey Kong? Let's put that on now, Switch this, there. This game came out, what was it, May 29th, 2018 for the other systems. So, so it's my still God. in this year. Passing. It got the GDC Award Best Indie Game 2018. You know, this this is a big deal right here, and it's actually really nice to be on the Switch. I'm tempted to pick this one up, but I'm already up to my ears in video games right now. And what this one is, it's an action RPG, and it has a little bit of everything in it. Really, it kind of just blends all sorts of genres. But at its heart, that's what it is. You are a shopkeeper by day. You manage a shop, literally, by getting items, etc., and selling them to the people for money. Now, what you do is at nighttime, you go into these dungeons, and then it assumes, well, the whole game assumes a top-down, think uh, 2D Legend of Zelda-type games. Assumes that, look, you go into these dungeons, you beat monsters, get all the way to the third level, which has, like, a boss man in it. You beat the boss man, get loot, and there's several different actual dungeons to complete and then these levels they change every time you go in them and even if you go like to a lower level and come back up it's different again so it's like constantly changing always changing and of course you get the loot you get loot for you you get loot for your shop so once you're done by dying or just making all the way through you come back up daylight comes back you take all this loot you put it into your shop and then you appropriate prices to it and you have to do, they'll have like a ledger that helps you with this, by the way, in case like you start getting confused. So you'll be like, oh man, I think this might be worth 200 bucks. You'll put it out there, then these little NPC players will, you know, they'll come in and peruse, and you'll see like little happy faces, sad faces coming over them. And then they'll haggle mm-hmm. with you on pricing and what they think's worth it, or if it's not worth it. And then you can sell it based on that. And then in your ledger, it'll show you like, hey, this wasn't priced well. No one wanted to buy it at 50 bucks. And that way you can be like, oh, okay, next time I get one of those, maybe I'll try 25 bucks, see if I can get it sold. So if you do this right, you're going to collect money. 
Well, guess what? Now you can go ahead and say, hey, we got enough money to get a potion keeper in this town. You buy yourself a potion keeper, so that way you can start getting, well, duh, potions of different kinds, so that way you can live longer and do better in the dungeons. You can get, like, blacksmiths in there, all this good stuff. So there you get a kind of Stardew Valley sort of shindig going where you're building the town, managing the town, keeping it up and running. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. I was like, wow, this seems, like, really fun because it's, it's got, like, like I said, the Stardew thing going on, but the Legend of Zelda going on, and just a little bit mm-hmm. of fun auctioneering type stuff happening there. And it has even a touch of like roguelite type game in it too, because I didn't know, mention this, but if you're down in the dungeons doing your little swinging your sword, having the fun, if you die, everything you had in your bag is gone, kaputs. So then you have to start over, go back down, try to get more loot. And of course, if you don't mm-hmm. get enough loot, you're not going to make a bunch of money, therefore, you're not going to progress. Good stuff. If any of this sounds fun, which I think it does, this might be something to check out. If you haven't already, like I said, it's been out a while, but, you know, the real people in the world have the Switch. Real people in the world are going to want to play on the Switch because you can take it into the bathroom and poop. You can take it onto the train and ignore everybody around you. You can take it to work and at your lunch hour ignore everybody around you. Ignore the people, play the Switch, play Moonlighter. It's a good way to do things. Number one. So last but not least, I think this one's the most interesting to me. In my Death Trilogy, it's the game with death in its name. It's Death Mark. This dropped on Halloween, 1031, for 50 bucks. developed by Experience Inc. and published by Access Games. This dropped for the PS4, PS Vita, and Switch. Oh my god, it's on the Switch. You better get it, Eric. Woo-hoo! What is Death Mark? This is a Japanese horror game. All about the Japanese style of horror evil spirits have marked you guys they're going to kill you unless you can figure out how to appease them or like banish them or destroy them or whatever it is now this game takes place primarily as a visual novel style game so you're interacting with characters you're talking to people you're going from place to place talking to people learning all their stuff but then it also breaks down into a first person exploration kind of style game kind of think uh think ace attorney or danganronpa where you're like you know you're exploring the creepy school or whatever because the the ghost is a kid that died so now you're exploring the creepy school you're looking through you're finding hints about what happened to the original person who became the ghost you're finding items that you can use that may be related to the ghost in some kind of way and then you're using those in the boss battle at the end which is pretty cool because there's usually not boss battles or any kind of like encounters in a visual novel style game. And basically what happens is you and your companion, you're facing off against the spirit. And so you, you both have to use an item and combined it'll have some kind of effect on the ghost. So if he's, I don't know, maybe it's a, somebody that drowned in a well. So you got like a bucket and somebody's got a rope. Put those two together, it'll have some kind of effect. Or if you get, you know, uh, it's a paper airplane and a pencil. You put those two together, you might die instantly because that has nothing to do with the ghost. You're just, you're totally out of luck. So it's really about, you know, figuring out what happened to the person behind the ghost and then either appeasing them, like making them come to terms with what happened or, you know, forgiving the person behind it or whatever it is, or defeating the ghost. Each ghost can be beaten in like a good or a bad way. And of course, all your side characters that come with you, they could all die in apparently really horrific fashion like this this game pulls no punches it's gory it's disturbing it's weird it's creepy it's frightening in that you know the the atmosphere is fantastically frightening and then you were presented with very awful images of bad things that have happened either to the people who you know you're palling around with or to the ghost when they were a person so if you like creepy 
you're probably going to like Deathmark. I'm kind of excited for it just because I like visual novels, A. And then I like visual novels that also have some creep and weird to them, like Dank and Rampa, obviously. So if you want to get freaked out, play some Deathmark. It's 50 bucks, but the presentation is very solid. Great music, ridiculously good art, and like I said, creepy atmosphere, awesome. Deathmark, pick it up. Go get it. Imposter's topic of the day. So the topic of the day is a hot and fast-hitting son-of-a-gun piece of news that was sad to hear, but also inevitable. And that is Stan Lee, the man, the myth, the legend, at the old age of 95, passed away. And it does feel, you know, it's it's been said on Twitter a thousand times, a million times, it does feel like the end of an era. It does feel oh, yeah, definitely. like the end of a whole different world with him passing, you know. I asked somebody mm-hmm. at work today, and I said, you know, I said, doesn't, doesn't, it, doesn't it just feel strange? That, like, have you seen a name come since then that's, like, been that big in the world? Like, in the you know, in the comic book world I'm speaking of, obviously. Right, right. I haven't. I mean, yeah, obviously I'm not huge into it anymore, but at the same time, I, mm-hmm. I, I keep my ear to the just nerd news period, so I think I'd hear something. I, I would say the only big names that jump out at me are, like, uh, Frank mm-hmm. Miller. But that's not like, I mean, he created comic books, but you know yeah. what I mean. That's not like, Stan Lee created the like a whole movement. Yes. Like Marvel, I mean, for God's yeah, sakes. Yeah. So I just thought, in honor of him, you know, may he rest in peace, we'd share, if you have mm-hmm. one, obviously, share just a, a fun memory or a story of childhood, now, whenever, of just something involving his works that changed something you were up to or made you have a great memory, a tragic memory. Maybe you killed a friend because he said that Wolverine was a douchebag. You know, I don't know. Maybe you can disclose where that body's at, Matt, so that way we can finally put that guy to rest and he's not being out there in that death mark game killing and hurting people. No, that's not happening. He can mark up all the people he wants. That's fine. Dang it. (laughs) Well, I'm going to do like you always do. Well, I'll just kick it to you so I can think about right, it. You know, that's fine. Why, why don't you tell oh, the yeah, story? Yeah, yeah, All right. So I'll start us off. And this goes way, way, way back, everybody. When I was a young, young lass, probably 12, 13 years old. Did you mean to say that? Yeah. When you were a young lass? Yeah. Okay. Why? Oh, it's a girl. Yes, it is. Damn it! Yeah. It's the female tension. I spent lad. Oh man, I don't. I'm having a. I'm having an identity crisis. <laughs> well, I, I saw where you were coming from because I'm sure you talk about your kids yes, that way all exactly. the time. Exactly. So it's like, oh, kids, kids and wife, and, and I'm just a young lass mm-hmm. too. I'm a pretty, pretty princess. Yeah, Wee-wee-wee. I was putting on the memory hat, and I always get stupid, and, and then of course now I relate to children. <laughs> all right. When I was a young lad, about 12 years old or so. I used to have sleepovers at my buddy's house all the time. And we would sit there and we would read mostly X-Men comic books, all right? Because those were our favorites. Just constantly going, pouring over every one of them. We had some, you know, Spider-Mans, this and that. But we loved the X-Men so much because not only were the comic books fantastic and the storylines crazy, we all loved Wolverine, the blood, the gore, the grittiness. That was always the best. Yes. And then... Thumbs but down. at the same time, the animation was on TV as well. So how could mm. you not love? You know what I mean? That was just mm. that was there. We was all grooving. We loved it. We had a buddy who could draw real well, 
and you had me, Mr. Imagination, Crackhead Man, and a couple other guys chipping in with whatever they had. Not much. You're morons. Anyways, we sat up one night, and I always remember this. Best, probably one of the coolest nights. Top five, like, young young kid nights of my life. Yeah. The, the, the host mother... Okayed it, didn't have an issue with it. In fact, she bought like a whole stack of freaking Domino's pizzas that she'd just thrown in the bedroom with us, told us, don't get all loud, stupid, stay in here, enjoy your night. So we had an unlimited supply of food. We had energy from all the two liters of pop we were given. And we were given uh-huh. free reign to stay up all night. All right, so we got comic books, we got video games, we got a TV, we got punching gloves. Oh, yeah, we got it all. And what did we do? We said, you know what? We're gonna be like we're gonna be like Stan Lee, man. We're gonna change everything. We're gonna do this. Let's make our own comic books. Let's let's get our own superheroes set up and we'll send these into Marvel and see if maybe they'll like license them and, and we'll get like some of the money and it'll be great. This is the coolest idea. Nice. We thought this was real. We thought this is what we were doing. We thought this is how it worked. Okay. We we legitimately mm-hmm. at the time thought we were gonna do this, send it to Stan Lee and the individuals over at Marvel and get rich. So we stayed up all night drawing, concocting characters. We had like Owlman and all sorts of stupid other characters. And then we had the individual who could draw, drawing these guys up as I'm describing them to him. And then with the input of the others there. And he's just going to town, just drawing all these sketches. And he's like, all right, I need some people to do like backdrops. So I get down there and I'm trying to draw like brick walls. and <laughs> So that way we could put the characters over the backdrops to kind of give it some, some flavor, some pop, you know. Mm-hmm. All night long we did this. I think we came up with like nine, ten of these characters with these full-fledged pictures by morning. And we got them all in. We were like, we need to like laminate these, go to Kinko's. We were begging the host mom to like take us to Kinko's so we could get them all fleshed out and pretty so we could send them in a big old yellow envelope and go to marvel and we were gonna Uh hear back and we were gonna get rich we never heard back we never got rich nothing ever happened and the dream died (laughs) but for that one night we thought since stan lee could do it we could do it turns Mm. out you can't do it no but stan lee did do it (laughs) yeah (laughs) but at the end of the day he gave me a fantastic memory, not just one, but a billion of them. But that one is, like like I said, one of my cherished memories of good times with friends and looking up to a man who did a whole ton of awesome stuff for the world. So there you go, Mr. Man. What about you? I'll speak for everyone who was a nerdy kid at one point. Everyone did draw your own superheroes. I know I did it. My drawing was completely awful, but I went through the whole superhero drawing phase of the guy with the muscles, and I learned how to learned how to draw muscles pretty well. Using 100% mm-hmm. quote fingers because I'm sure if I looked back on it now, it'd be the worst thing I've ever done. But I went through that phase too. I was a big fan of Spider Man growing up and the X Men. So bought comics of both. I mean, obviously, when I was a kid, this was way after Stan Lee had touched it and mm-hmm. done anything with it. And so it was, you know, 90s, late 80s. But I remember a couple times going to comic book conventions here, you know, in, in Lansing. There was one over at the Sheraton and picking up some of the older stuff. And it's still pretty late old, late stuff, so like maybe like 70s, but like some of those older comics and flipping through it and really falling in love with like that older style. And I remember especially sometime in the 90s, they did a, it wasn't like a, an official reprint or anything, but it was like, hey, look, here's Spider-Man's first adventures in like this little comic. And it was the first ones, the first stories and everything. And I picked that up and I loved it. I fell in love with that 
that old, really old, old style that he originated with. And, you know, the bright colors and the cool character designs that had changed so much from, you know, from then until what I knew that day. So I've always been, I guess, always been more of a fan of that older original style. The simpler stories, the fun stories, before everything got so ridiculous. So that's a little bit of connection to him. But the one actual, like, memory slash sort of story I could tell that I know of Stan Lee is because I grew up knowing about comics and all this stuff. I had seen him talk on Comic-Con things or whatever, some kind of nerdy things. And then I was home one day, like, over summer as a kid, maybe in, like, high school age, maybe, I don't know. But I was watching a show called To Tell the Truth on CBS. And if anybody doesn't know that show in all the incarnations it has, it's three people who pretend to be, and one of them is, some kind of celebrity or famous person. And this one was, hey, look, one of these people is Stan Lee, the creator of the X-Men and Spider-Man, and all these other great, you know, great comic book characters. And, you know, the, the celebrity panel was asking him questions. And as soon as he spoke up and went, that's Stan. I know his voice. And so it was cool listening to all the false answers that the imposters gave and knowing, since I was such a huge fan, how wrong all of them were or how they got like 90% of it right but 10% wrong and how directly 100% right all Stan Lee's answers were because I knew the answers because he knew the answers and had said it you know, over and over mm-hmm. and over. So I don't know. That was a cool little memory. It's not like I have memories of him, but that was a cool memory of when I was a kid of just... Here's a here's a nerdy moment on a nationally broadcast TV show that just spoke to me as a nerd who loved what this guy had done and respected him so well. So yeah, rest in peace, Stan Lee. You, you're going to be missed. Obviously, just even just as a nerd icon, I mean, he's gone and done so many other things. He's had that sci-fi channel show, at least like two or three of those. So he'll be missed by, by the whole community. Indeed huh? he will. I mean, I know this is this is the gaming show, but so many games have spun off of well, all of his IPs. Spider-Man yeah, just to talk about yeah, Spider-Man just this year, for God's sake, which he had an appearance in. So, you know, yeah. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. So he's been in tons of stuff, including video games, and of course the movies. Da 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 da. He's done and touched everything. So I thought it was a you know something we should bring up. And besides that, this is our platform, and I definitely thought it was mm-hmm. a nice to do a nice send off for him. So. Putting you on the spot. Favorite Marvel video game? Oh, that'd be the X Men Collection. Not X Men Collection, the X Men Arcade. And then secondly, it would be, uh, okay. oh man, what's the X Men for the Sega Genesis? Um, Children of the Atom? Was it you that could one? Be, you could be Nightcrawler, you could be Wolverine, and uh, Gambit? Gambit. Yes, you, Gambit you could be Gambit, yes. I think that was Children okay, of the then Atom. Okay, then. At least one of them. It was, was, yeah, probably Children of the Atom. Then that, and then of course the arcade were just two of my most played Marvel mm-hmm. games in general. Yeah, I have to go with arcade just because of the whole birthday party story I've told of all, me and three of my buddies all playing at once, and then Maximum Carnage for the Super Nintendo. Dude. I know, it had I, a red freaking cartridge. I played man. the hell out of that too, but. You know, uh-huh. I mostly watched uh, Buddy Shea play that one, so I was like, eh, that's yeah. his jam. I thought it was neat, but... Yeah. Plus, that was an actual comic book arc that I got into and tried to get all the issues for. So it was like, here's here's a comic book moment and a video game moment, and the game was pretty fun, even though I'm sure if I played it now, it'd be clunky and dumb. So it was just one of those moments in history of nerddom and, and comic bookiness for me. Mm-hmm. God, now you got me... 
I'll have to look it up off air, but like I said, I just remember being Wolverine. You could push his claws out and do the damage. Nightcrawler could phase through the walls, which he was by far the best character to be. Made it easiest mm-hmm. to get anything done. Yeah, God. Mm-mm-mm. Good game. X-Men. Mm-hmm. Gotta love him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I guess that wraps it up, everybody. You know, what were your favorite moments? What What are some of your Marvel memories? Go ahead. Think about it. You know, remember the man, the myth, the legend himself. Don't be too mm-hmm. sad because you know what? He lived to a ripe old age. I'll tell you what, yeah. if I lived to 95, by God's, I did you damn good, it. but I ain't making it. I promise you, you that. It, I'm getting to 67 or so, and I'm a dead man. <laughs> so, you know, he did good. Props to him, and may he find peace in Absolutely. whatever hell world he goes to next. So, so long to stand, and all that's left for us to do is wrap it up. Imposters wrap up. So like Eric said, what are your favorite Marvel memories? What are your favorite Stan Lee memories? What are your favorite Marvel video games? You can send all that to us. Any questions, any comments, any concerns, or if you just want to say hi, you can send that to us via email at info at thirdshift.me. You can tweet at us at thirdshiftme, and you can find us on Facebook, by God's Third Shift. You can also find us over on Patreon if you like what you hear, think we uh, did a great job. Please consider heading over there and throwing us a buck, two bucks, five bucks, a thousand bucks. Anything is very much appreciated. We've got all sorts of cool little bonuses for our patrons so please consider going over there and helping us out if you can't because you know what money's tight and you got things to do with it we also understand you can however give us mailbag questions feedback of any kind you can give us likes thumbs ups five star ratings all that and all the different places that we inhabit and that would be very much appreciated because it helps us help you Absolutely. And of course, this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday, so we'll be back in your ear holes on the 27th of November for our very next episode. And you can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. Oh my goodness, I did it without taking a big old breath that time. And hey, as I always say, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, rating, review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. We do indeed. Five star ratings for us. Nothing else will do. Five star, five star, five star. And with that, Eric, there ain't nothing else to say but don't don't forget forget to save. save. Excelsior!